What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement, Amron. And today we're going to be doing a one-man mock draft where I go over my top 12 picks in Dynasty Superflex tight end premium rookie drafts using Jordan Reed's mock draft he just released on ESPN+. Plus. So this is gonna be a fun exercise to kind of see his draft capital and landing spots and apply that to these prospects. I also haven't gotten to talk in depth about a lot of these rookies yet. So this is gonna be a good way for me to tell you guys about my top 12 rookies and just kind of how I feel about those guys in general in terms of their profiles, what I like and what I don't like. So with that being said, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. Thirsty, thirsty, trying to choose. I mean, I know I'm now, before we even get into the first overall pick, let's talk about Jordan Reed's mock draft. And he did seven rounds, but we're really not going to highlight anything outside of the first three rounds. There's not really a need to when we're talking about the first round of a rookie draft. If you're taking a fourth rounder at that point, not an optimal decision. But when we're talking about Jordan Reed's mock draft, we have at the second overall spot, Malik Willis to the Detroit Lions, Kenny Pickett, sixth overall to the Carolina Panthers, Garrett Wilson, 10th overall to my Jets. We have Drake London, 11th overall to Washington, Jamison Williams, 19th overall to the Saints, Olave, 22nd overall to the Packers, Traylon Burks, 26th overall to the Titans, and Jahan Dotson, 30th overall to the Chiefs. The only other picks that kind of stand out to me are... You have Pickens going to the Packers as well. You have Brees Hall going to the Bills in the second round. And you have Kenneth Walker falling to the third round, but getting a pretty juicy landing spot in the Texans. And we'll talk about all of the relevant landing spots when we get to each player, but I thought it'd be good to kind of give you guys a little bit of a preview there. Now, I'm on the clock at the 101. This is one of the few scenarios where if Malik Willis goes second overall and the NFL gives him that big of a stamp of approval, that I would still put Brees Hall over him. If Brees Hall goes to any of these high-powered offenses like Buffalo, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Dallas, it's wraps. These are teams that are going to be scoring a ton, moving the chains a ton. He is going to be firmly in play for 200 plus touches, 1,000 plus all-purpose yards, 10 plus total touchdowns. I think I'm being super conservative with those numbers. And that's just in year one. I think any of those landing spots, he would probably be a top eight to 12 running back in seasonal leagues. You could probably even make the case to have him higher than that. It would be a dream come true if he went to Buffalo in the second round. I will say, I think that he would get some knocks that Josh Allen as a scrambling quarterback might not throw it a ton to the running back position, which has some merit to it. But Josh Allen just being the engine of that offense means you're going to score a ton of touchdowns and be super efficient. So you'll make up for it in that aspect. And on top of that, him being a super mobile quarterback means in the read option game, Brees Hall could average five more or five or more yards per carry just given Josh Allen freezing linebackers in the read option game. So it would be super dangerous. And I think that the fit would be great, especially with the way that they lost to the Patriots and they lost to the Jaguars last year, where they both kind of just dared the Bills to run the ball and played, you know, too high, dared them to run the ball, and they couldn't, and they lost both of those games. So Brees Hall gives them that new aspect of the offense, which will make them even more efficient and they'll score more points. So I think that's a great fit. And when we're talking about Brees Hall, the prospect, he is super, super clean. This is him charted in adjusted yards per team play which is receiving yards times two plus rushing yards divided by total team receiving and rush attempts and it just pretty much is a nice market share of total yard stat kind of like a dominator rating but it puts more emphasis on the receiving aspect of the profile and this is him next to dalvin cook and jonathan taylor two of the strongest second round running back prospects in my database and he holds up completely fine he checks all the boxes he produced all three years the same way they did he looks the part at 511 217 and he has wild workout metrics he ran a 439 40 
94th percentile burst score as well. He can catch the ball. He had 20 or more catches in all three of his seasons in college. There's really not a ton of holes to poke in his profile. Then we have the 102, which we will be taking Malik Willis as the quarterback one drafted by Detroit. And we went into depth on his prospect profile of a whole video breaking down his prospect profile from literally the ground up. But from a landing spot and draft capital perspective, this would be a massive endorsement from the NFL industrial complex. You know, a, a guy that a lot of people are saying is too raw, can't play his first year. Second overall, that's that's big boy draft capital. And if this happens, he looks a lot like Trey Lance, Carson Wentz, Josh Allen as these non-power five, raw, athletic type quarterbacks that get drafted second, third, fifth overall. It's really exciting, especially just given how much he runs on the on the ground. He made up for, I think, over 30% of his college team liberties, rushing yard market share. And he goes to the Lions, which I don't think is a terrible landing spot at all. We have Amon Ross St. Brown already there. In this mock, they take Christian Watson in the second round. They have DJ Chark as well. So that's three pretty solid NFL wide receivers. You have Hawkinson at tight end, DeAndre Swift at running back. And this is a really good offensive line as well with Penny Sewell in that left tackle spot and they have other guys i think they might have rag now i don't know if he's still there not a big offensive line guy but i know that the lions offensive line is solid so this is a great situation and you have golf in front of him so if they do believe that he is that raw prospect they can pretty much trey lance patrick mahomes him where they don't play him in that first year and that doesn't sound great but in dynasty that's pretty much fine if he probably holds value the same way trey lance has trey lance has only gained value since not really playing a ton and I think that's kind of what we're looking at with Malik Willis here, just from a value insulation perspective. I think Brees Hall and Malik Willis in this world where these two landing spots happen, you are feeling really good about your 101 and 102s. And I would have them in a tier of their own as pretty much second round startup picks in my rankings. Then after Malik Willis, I have a tier of three wide receivers that are razor close. If you you can put these guys in any, any order you'd like, and I wouldn't argue with it between Drake London, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson. For me, I'm still going to roll with Traylon Burks at wide receiver one, even though he went 26 overall to the Titans. And I know that this wouldn't be a pretty landing spot. I think a lot of people would probably fade Burks for it. I think if Burks goes to the Titans, we could probably see Burks as a 105, 106, 107 guy. You could be scooping up a lot of the time in these rookie drafts, and I would love to have that. But I don't really care a ton about landing spot. I still think that he would be wide receiver one with first round draft capital. And I get that AJ Brown is there, but I, I don't think... If they let's say in a world where they they draft Traylon Burks, AJ Brown's contract expires next offseason. We saw the money that Stephon Diggs just got, Tyree Kill got, Devontae Adams got, that I'm trying to think of other year three wide receivers that got the big extensions. You're these wide receivers are going to be walking into a lot of money. AJ Brown is going to get the bag next offseason. So if the Titans can't afford that, then bringing in Traylon Burks likely means that AJ Brown is going to be walking next season. I don't think AJ Brown would be a long term concern for Burks. And I also don't think that in a world where they draft Traylon Burks, they would still be this super run heavy team. They would have AJ Brown, they traded for Robert Woods, and then they spent a first round pick on Traylon Burks. And I think after running Henry into the ground last year, maybe they kind of ease up on their rushing tendency and they let the play action and they pass a little bit more to kind of take that pressure off of Derrick Henry. Now with Traylon Burks, I can't express enough how solid of a prospect he is. In my wide receiver model, we have multipliers to elevate wide receivers who are freak athletes and get top 10 draft capital. 
So when we look at the pre-multiplier grades, this is without those bump ups from those things. Obviously, Traylon Burks doesn't get top 10 draft capital and he's not a freak athlete. But if you put him just among players before factoring the multipliers in, he has one of the best just true raw profiles in my database. He is one of only 10 wide receivers to have a pre-multiplier grade over a nine, second among elites, only behind Akeem Nix. He is literally right there with Jamar Chase before any multipliers. He produced all three years in the SEC. Film grinders love him. He gets first round draft capital. Lance Zierlein has him tied for wide receiver one with Garrett Wilson. He ran a 4.5. A lot of people are knocking him for that. Not a big deal. He ran 22.6 miles per hour in a game before he outran the Alabama defense on multiple occasions. I'm just not super concerned with his profile. I really like him. Now, I will say these are my ranks in a vacuum. So if let's say Traylon Burks, if this comes out and people kind of give him the A.J. Brown treatment where A.J. Brown slipped down rookie drafts after he went to the Titans. If that happens for Traylon Burks and he's the consensus 106, 107, if I'm on the clock at 104, I would be taking Drake London or a Garrett Wilson if those guys are the consensus 103, 104 kind of guys. I really can't stress enough how close it is between these three wide receivers. It was super tough to order these in any way. I went with Drake London as wide receiver two. He goes 11th overall to Washington. And I don't love that Washington landing spot because we have Wentz. We don't really have a long-term quarterback option. You have Terry McLaurin already there. Again, though, a big thing for me, and I think one of the biggest edges in fantasy is just not overweighting landing spot. And we're going to get into that. I think I have a video planned for the week of the NFL draft on why you can't get caught up in landing spot. People, you know, you had Paris Campbell go to the Colts and get tied with Andrew Luck, and he never panned out. Just because you get drafted to a really good spot doesn't always mean, especially for wide receivers, that you're going to be doing really well in the NFL, especially in Dynasty when we have these players for the next three to five years. And the most important part about Drake London in this mock draft is that he went 11th overall. That is really, really strong draft capital. I think if he went in, you know, 16th overall or anything later than that, I think I would probably swap him for Garrett Wilson, who went top 10. But him being one spot behind Garrett Wilson, I'm cool with moving him that one spot ahead just because he has similar draft capital in that top 10 type aspect and between him and Wilson it just comes down to ceiling for me I think with Drake London we're looking at a Mike Evans DeAndre Hopkins type ceiling here of just multiple top 12 seasons and this is him next to those guys in receiving yards per team pass attempt which is my favorite wide receiver metric which is just receiving yards divided by pass attempts and it pretty much just accounts for dominance and efficiency it's my number one most weighted wide receiver metric in my model he meets thresholds in year one and year two despite playing alongside michael pittman and amon ross st brown and while playing freshman basketball at usc which is pretty wild to be a two-split athlete and still meet that freshman year threshold alongside two nflers and he would be with hopkins and mike evans in that year three spot on a per game basis he got hurt but in those eight games he was insane last year he had 11 catches per game 135 yards per game I just think the upside is too much to pass on. He does feel like the next Mike Evans Hopkins contested catch receiver that can kind of do a little bit more than that. He's somebody that I want to be taking swings on. At the 105, we have Garrett Wilson, who goes 10th overall to the New York Jets. And as a Jets fan, I think that Wilson at 10 would be really fun. Uh, I'm all for giving Zach Wilson more talent at wide receiver. Why not kind of give him no excuses to fail? I don't love the fit for fantasy because, again, this is the Jets. We have Zach Wilson. But I will say... Between the Jets, Washington, and Tennessee, I would say the Jets is probably the best landing spot, but not by a ton in terms of fantasy. And the biggest thing here for Garrett Wilson 
is draft capital. He goes 10th overall, which means he gets that multiplier in the wide receiver model, which bumps him from gold to elite, which takes him from the Will Fullers of the world to the CeeDee Lamb, Calvin Ridley's of the world in the database. And those are two comps I really, really like for him. And now for what it's worth, Drake London goes 11th overall here. And if that happens in real life where he goes 11th overall, especially like right after Garrett Wilson, I won't be giving him the multiplier in the model, but in my head, I'll be treating him as an elite wide receiver prospect as well, which hit top 24 seasons at an 85% hit rate, which is really nice. And Garrett Wilson has a monster season of his own, like Drake London's last season, but instead it came in year two when he put up 3.22 yards per team pass attempt, which is an elite, elite number. JSN last year, who's supposed to be this really, really solid wide receiver prospect, and he is, he put up 3.25 last season. So that's the kind of number, that's the kind of explosion that Garrett Wilson had, and that was alongside JSN, Chris Olave, and Jamison Williams, all guys that are probably going to be first round NFL wide receivers. So again, these top three wide receivers, all interchangeable, all have a ton of upside, all have pretty safe floors. It's going to be really tough picking between the three of these when you're on the clock. Then we have a tier break from the 106 through the 108. And at the top of this tier, I'm going to go Jamison Williams, who goes 19th overall to the New Orleans Saints. And that draft capital is about as expected. I think the landing spot's fine. You're going to get deep balls from Jameis Winston, and Michael Thomas is going to be operating underneath. So that's going to be fun. And for a data guy, I'm extremely forgiving towards Jamison Williams' profile. I know he didn't break out until his final season, but I think that the context is really crucial with Jamison Williams. This was a guy who was buried on a depth chart behind Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, two first-round NFL talents. Then he had the nuts to take that same risk, transfer to Alabama, who just has studs in their wide receiver room. They have John Mechie, who is going to be an NFL wide receiver this year. He was actually a second-round pick in Jordan Reed's mock. You have five-star and four-star prospects waiting in the wings like Jacare Brooks and Aguille Hall, Jojo Earl. I don't know how to, I don't know if I'm pronouncing those names correctly, but they have a lot of talent in that wide receiver room. And Jamison Williams was the alpha. He had the most receiving yards. He had a, a great receiving yard market share. He produced next to Alabama level talent. And I think that that was the perfect way for him to prove to everybody that yes, he got buried on that Ohio state depth chart, but instead of going somewhere like a, a no-name school and producing there, or even just like a Florida and producing there with a empty wide receiver room still in the SEC. But instead, he decided to give himself that same challenge. I don't know if he did that on purpose, but that means a lot to me. And when he wasn't buried on the depth chart, he produced in a really big way. He looks super talented. All the film evaluators love him. Even with an ACL tear, he's still a top 20 pick in the NFL draft. He has crazy upside with his speed. He's a 21-year-old early declare, which we really love to see. He has all the upside in the world to be a game-breaker type wide receiver. Then we have Kenneth Walker, and I'm really curious to know how you guys would feel about him going third round to the Houston Texans, because on one end, you have third round draft capital, which isn't pretty, especially because right now he is projected to go second round but he gets a pretty good landing spot in Houston who just has an empty RB room. For me, I would still have him as the 107. And the biggest reason for that is that in my model and just doing research, I didn't find that the round two to round three drop-off is as much as we might think. It really is for running backs day two versus day three because I did some research. We have round two running backs averaging 9.39 points per game through their first three seasons. We have round three running backs averaging 9.11. That's only only like a 0.2 difference. But going from round three to round four, it's 9.11 points per game to 5.58, like a 40% decrease. So round two to round three really isn't that big of a deal in my eyes. This makes him a third round gold prospect in my database, which gold is 
legendary elite gold gold hits at about a 50 percent clip and in this range of third rounders that were gold you have david johnson demarco murray kareem hunt as upside cases for him he's about a coin flip to hit a top 12 season in that group he's one of the best pure runners we've seen as a prospect he hit the yards created multiplier in my model from barfield he leaked it on twitter and it's just a really good metric that takes into account how much a running back is creating for himself independent of his offensive line he is a really really strong pure runner the film grinders love him and on the texans he'd probably see 200 250 plus carries in year one on the texans the only knock i really have on his profile is he's a little bit undersized and he didn't have a lot of receiving work in college i think those are both fine concerns but i think in the middle of the first just given what else is on the board i'm completely fine taking the swing on him just being a 21 22 year old running back in dynasty is good enough to maintain a good amount of value in the market then we have the last player in this tier at the 108 which is kenny pickett he goes sixth overall to the panthers which has him really out shooting his projected draft capital right now and i have met the last part of this tier just by default with him i really don't like kenny pickett a ton he does get big boy draft capital at that 106 spot and i imagine he'd start pretty early in that situation he'd have decent weapons and mccaffrey dj moore robbie anderson i think just based off value insulation where he'll probably get to start two to three years and hold some value you probably just have to take him here based on that alone but i really do think that he is the next sam darnold blake bortles christian ponder blake gabbert type quarterback that goes in this top six top ten who just isn't that solid from a prospect standpoint he just doesn't really grade well for me the only the only place he does well on is film his rushing yardage his throwing stats were all pretty over underwhelming in college if i'm staring down kenny pickett on the clock at the 108 i'm trying to do whatever i can to move off this pick if i can move into the 2023 first round i'd be into it if i could get kirk cousins if i could get zach wilson from this 108 spot and now i'm not saying 108 straight up for either of those guys but if i could maneuver my way into that I'd be doing that all day. This this 108 to 111, 112 range, I'm really not a huge fan of. And I think when I'm on the clock, I'll be looking to move off of these picks for sure. Then we have the last tier break here with these last four picks. And at the 109, I'll take Chris Olave. I'm not a huge fan of his profile, but he gets the nut landing spot in Green Bay or one of the best landing spots in Green Bay. You have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, no target competition. George Pickens does get drafted here as well. But I think the wide receiver room is so empty with pretty much just Alan Lazard and I guess Amari Rodgers, if you want to count him in there, that I think just having NFL caliber wide receivers only helps their efficiency. So I think Pickens here is actually a plus for him. In this situation, I would just have to kind of buy into the case that he's a first round wide receiver in Green Bay. The reason why I'm cautious is just that him being a non-early declare and staying that senior year and being undersized and not having a crazy production profile, looking crazy on film, he doesn't look like Devonta Smith, who comes out as an elite wide receiver prospect in my database because the film evaluators really, really liked him and he had that crazy year four. For this, I'm just not super into Chris Olave's profile. Again, I'll have him at 109 just based off landing spot and how close this last tier is, but these are the round one gold wide receivers who are non-early declares. And you have Dwayne Bowe, and then it's a whole lot of tough scenes. You have Kendall Wright, you have Mike Williams, Devonte Parker, Craig Davis, who I don't even know who Craig Davis is, Justin Blackman, who actually, Justin Blackman's a hit, but Michael Floyd, Corey Coleman, AJ Jenkins, Darius Hayward Bay, Tavon Austin, John Ross. It's not a great bunch. I think it'd probably be fair. My baseline expectation for him is like Kendall Wright, Corey Coleman. I think that he's very similar to those guys in that aspect. 
again, another pick I'd be looking to trade out of. I know a lot of people love Olave's profile or love with his route running. And I, I guess I, I can, I can see it a little bit. I can squint and, and kind of see what you guys are seeing. But for me, even with that green Bay landing spot, if I'm at one Oh nine gun to my head, I'll be taking Olave, but I prefer to be trading out of this one at 10. We have George Pickens who gets drafted to the green Bay Packers in the second round 53rd overall which is actually really fun having him and Olave going to the same spot. I'll give Olave the nod just because he goes in the first round and Pickens goes in the second and the NFL team in the Packers will probably care about that. And Pickens is tough as well because he also has red flags of his own where Olave is a non-early declare. Pickens only has one year of solid production and even that it's not super, super sexy. He just barely clears the year one production threshold. Then he tears his ACL in year three. Then you look at year two and it's like, why didn't he produce? I mean, I guess he had... Stetson Bennett and a lot of bad quarterback play and you can kind of chalk it up to that but at the same time we're making a lot of excuses here that felt eerily similar to the excuses the excuses we made for Jalen Rager of bad quarterback play really strong year one projecting upside with early declare 21 years old it's a very similar profile and I guess you're not paying as much as you were paying for Jalen Rager and it's an upside pick I'm always down to take an upside pick he goes to Green Bay he could be I mean I'm not going to say his Devonte Adams. I was trying to think of some other wide receivers like Jordy Nelson's of the world, but they're all so good that I can't really compare Pickens to any of them. I think that he would just be a nice outside X type wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers. Then at the 111, we have Sky Moore, who is currently my wide receiver five. I would have to move him down a little bit just because of the Green Bay landing spots, but he goes 48th overall to the Bears. Top 50 draft capital is really solid. And I think Chicago is a a fine landing spot you get justin fields who could take a massive year two jump we see a lot of these guys take year two jumps we saw it from Goff, we saw it from mahomes we saw it from carson wentz fields could come out and really dominate next year i feel like we also saw it from Derek carr in year two i could be wrong about that though but he really just comes into a spot where he has to compete with darnell mooney which is fine darnell mooney will get his sky Moore will get his and sky Moore is so exciting to me because we don't see guys that come out of group five schools like western michigan and declare early and get top 50 draft capital. The only other wide receiver in my database that fits that category is Devontae Adams. Now, I'm not going to call him Devontae Adams because Devontae Adams had a better film grade by Lance line and he was also bigger. But Sky Moore dominated all three years next to other early declare guys and Devontae Adams and Antonio Brown. He fits the part. He outproduces all of them across the board. He looks like the next Antonio Brown, Devontae Adams. I, I feel very strongly about Sky Moore. He grades out very well. Now, I'm probably going to get a ton of heat for this last one that I don't have him high enough. I know this Fantasy Stock Exchange boys love Jahan Dotson. I'm putting him at my 112. Now, before this draft capital or before this landing spot, even with first round draft capital in my ranks right now, I have him as like an early second. I get that he gets the Chiefs landing spot. And if you want to put him at the anywhere in the 108 to 110 range, I completely get it. They're all in the same tier, literally razor thin close between the four of these wide receivers for me. I get it. I just think personally, it's a mistake to push up players based solely on landing spots. I already gave him a pretty good bump from early second to the 112 spot. This is pretty much, this is as far as I can go. Uh, this profile just isn't great for a round one draft capital type wide receiver. He is in the silver bucket. He is one of only five other wide receivers who got silver grades as round one picks in Brandon Ayuk, Brashad Perriman, Josh Doxson, Kadarius Toney, and Philip Dorsett. It's a really tough list here. We only have one top 24 season from Brandon Ayuk's rookie year. It's not great. He's undersized. He's not an early declare. 
He wasn't necessarily a monster producer in college. I think only his junior year hit the threshold in receiving yards per team pass attempt. Zero line wasn't impressed with his tape. He gave him a 6.25. The only first rounders to ever get below a 6.3 land zero line grade are Rashad Bateman, Philip Dorsett, and Nelson Aguilar. It's a tough list. I think Philip Dorsett and Nelson Aguilar are actually pretty solid comps for Jahan Dotson. Again, not a huge fan, but I guess I can kind of give him a nice bump with the Chiefs landing spot with Tyree Kilgon. He'll be used probably primarily in the slot, Jahan Dotson. And you have to think off of efficiency alone, he should have a shot that if he's good, he'll be a decent asset. And I think the Chiefs landing spot will at least buoy his value for a little bit. Now that's going to do it for us today, fellas. As always, my rookie rankings, the complete rookie rankings, I just finished them. That'll be down below. Patreon.com slash Ron Stewart in the description, in the comments. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like. And as always, I will see you guys in the next one. I got the channel, on. Foolies glad I'm on. Even my haters kinda glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my bag up on. Rap a song, singer, suspended subpoena from Mr. Meaner's dreamer. Hell back asses, Loki's tellers.